I'm not here to put anyone off meditating. I'm here to have a mature conversation about it and not just try to present it as the be-all, fix-all for absolutely everything. And you should be able to use it anytime, irrespective of what your emotional climate, your mental health, or what's going on in your life or what's happened in your past. I, I, I'm, I think we need to be a bit more careful when it comes to um, recommending meditation. I want to do my due diligence uh, with that. Hello and welcome to the Mind Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging. For today's episode, I'm sharing an extract from one of my recent online club meetings, which you can join at minddetox.club. We have an honest and mature conversation about meditation, including when you want to meditate, when you really should not meditate, some potential negative side effects of meditation, and the kinds of things that meditation really should not be used for. Now, it is not my intention to talk anyone out of meditating. However, at the same time, I believe it's important for more people to be aware as to why meditation isn't always the right tool for everyone, all of the time. And if, after listening to today's podcast, you want to work on any issues raised during today's episode, then head over to my website, minddetox.com, to book some one-on-one sessions with me. Now, the last time I did this, I was in Arizona, and I did a meditation uh, workshop for the club uh, in 2017, I discovered, 2018, it was, I can't remember exactly when, but it was, it was a while ago, and so it was about time I, 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 I do it, and I, it was really interesting for me to go over the plan uh, that I had for that workshop and see how much my own experience um, insight and understanding into meditation, how much it's changed in, in that time. And uh, so today we're going to have a very honest conversation about meditation. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the sometimes ugly, <laughs> um, and, uh, and the beautiful, of course, uh, aspects of meditation. But I want it to be an honest, authentic uh, conversation, because I think you know, it's almost uh, unfashionable or just not done to ever talk about the so-called negative aspects of meditation, uh, the times when you really shouldn't uh, be meditating, um, and and what can happen from not just a purely positive side, but also a negative side as well when it comes to meditation. It's really important that we know this so that you actually have a more informed I want to say adult, but maybe mature relationship with meditation. Maybe that's a better word than adult. Uh, so that's my intention uh, for for this uh, session. Is that okay, guys? Can I have some thumbs up from people that top of my screen? Yeah. You know, the purpose of meditation is to be yourself. I've said that all along. It's to know thyself. It's to uh, find inner peace and and stillness. To transcend the mind made fears and uh, limitations and uh, the mind-made problems. It's to reconnect with the infinite being in which all doing is taking place. Now, before we learn to meditate, we usually are only aware of and fully identified in the transient, temporary, 
parts of life. I'm talking our thoughts, our emotions, our, our physical sensations, um, the, the world happenings, and our, our life circumstances. But that tends to be what is capturing uh, the majority of our attention on a daily basis. And what that means is the content of life, the content of our mind and emotions and body, health-wise, and the content of the world and circumstances are having a, a massive influence on the quality of our life. So the content of our life has a massive impact on the quality of our life. Now, with meditation, we can also discover the uh, permanent, unchanging context of ourself. This still, silent, spacious uh, inner presence of being, which is always calm, well, fearless, and free. We can heal our relationship with the temporary stuff. We can heal our relationship with our mind, our emotions, our body, and what's going on with it. We can heal our relationship with our life circumstances and, and this wider world that we find ourselves uh, living in. Through meditation, we discover that the content of my life doesn't have to have such a big influence on the quality of my life, that things can happen outside my own personal preferences and desires, but I can still maintain a sense of well-being, of, of peace, of clarity, of, of freedom. And we can live with a lot less anxiety and, and uh, fear um, at the same time. Now, I am an advocate of uh, different tools for different times, okay? I'm an advocate for different tools for different times. And meditation, i got to be honest, is not always the right tool for all times. Now, I know this with, with um, mindfulness and meditation being such a booming business at the moment, it's very, uh, almost, you know, not said that there might be anything uh, that, you know, negative at meditation. But I think it's important we have this conversation, like I said, so that we can have a, a more mature relationship with meditation. And we can know when it, it's, it, it's the right tool for us. Certain times when we maybe shouldn't be meditating. <gasps> yeah, I just said it. There's times when you might, it might not be appropriate to be meditating. And understanding this can help you to be actually more gentle on yourself, not uh, cause you to become self-violent and start blaming yourself if you're not getting the results you think you should be getting uh, from meditation. And so we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the beautiful uh, of meditation and the agenda for this uh, next little while together. I've got it written here. When to meditate, when not to meditate, the lesser known negative side effects of meditation why you want to meditate, how to meditate, what happens when you meditate, and the optimal meditation mindset. So there might be a couple of things in there that are familiar, and there may be a few things in there that we haven't covered before when we've talked about meditation. And so I hope you enjoy uh, our time together. Does, does that sound good again? Yeah, are you happy? You re, are you relieved that this is not going to be the same old meditation chat as always? Uh, I think it's important. When I, when I re, went through my notes, I was really like, you know, I was – I got to be honest, I was quite extremist when it came to, to, to the meditation. And, and I've personally found a, a much more uh, comfortable middle ground with meditation, which I feel is actually a healthier uh, relationship with the whole subject. So when to meditate? Well, you want to meditate uh, if you want to have a less stressful life. 
it's a bit obvious, but you want to meditate if you want to have a less uh, stress-filled life. Now, I always like to talk about the bathtub analogy when talking about stress and meditation, whereby imagine a bathtub and you've got a shower over the top of it um, and the water coming out the, the into the shower and filling up the bath would be, uh, in this analogy, stress. So on the average person going about their day, the shower is running and their their body, their nervous system, uh, their, their, their mind, their being, it's just kind of filling up uh, with accrued uh, stress. Now, meditation, when you start meditating, it's equivalent of doing two things. The closed eye meditation is equivalent of pulling the plug out. And so the stress that's been stored can start to uh, reduce in this uh, bathtub. Open-eyed meditation, which you can also do, where you're, you're aiming to engage the meditative state during your day, you're aiming to uh, use the meditation techniques and uh, engage present moment awareness, etc. during your day, that's equivalent of turning the uh, amount of water coming out of the shower. Uh, so you reduce the amount of stress coming in with your open-eyed and you take the plug out or a few plugs out um, uh, of this bath uh, with the closed-eye meditation. And the overall result, obviously, is less stress. Now, less stress is less ill health, usually. It's usually less intense energy in your body it's usually intense physical less intense physical sensations it's also usually less thoughts as well because a lot of our thoughts are just stress releasing and moving and the mind reacting to that stress movement uh, within the body you want to meditate if you want to sleep without having to count sheep or uh, rely on external vices like having the tv on or the radio on or something on in order to distract you from your mind. You know, a lot of people find sleep scary. The idea of going into a room, turning lights off, and just being with themselves in the darkness. And as they start to relax, the, the daily demons can, can, can arrive. And so uh, meditation, uh, and using meditation as a way of entering into sleep can be a really uh, powerful attainment to have. And it can also heal your relationship with sleep because what you'll find is you get a lot of rest and recovery through meditation. And I personally, I find I don't need as much sleep as I used to because I actually am meditating and um, regenerating and, and resting uh, throughout my day. I'm not just taking, you know, using energy uh, the entire time I'm in waking state. We can use meditation if you want to help your body to heal. Uh, like I said, it reduces stress and you know that stress in the uh, in the body and the nervous system is linked with a multitude of uh, physical conditions. Uh, it increases rest, which aids recovery. Also, meditation creates uh, the kind of inner climate required to um, promote uh, more sustained health. And certain meditations, like the one that I, I recommend with body calm meditation, can actually help us to change our mindset and attitudes uh, so that we can have a healthy relationship with life and no longer have these mind-based root causes um, running because we're actually having a healthy relationship, a healthier uh, mindset. Um, I'll talk about more of that in a bit. You want to meditate if you want to experience more calm. It's a bit of an obvious one, but if you want to experience more calm, you want to meditate because you discover that um, beyond the context, sorry, the content of your thoughts, emotions, and, and body and life, 
there is this uh, context of consciousness and that consciousness which is within you and it is you and uh, you're experiencing all of life through uh, is always calm. And we tend to miss that inner peace that's always present because we become fully identified and put all our attention on the movement. And when we discover this inner stillness, we discover that stillness equals peace. Okay. We can also experience more contentment with meditation because you're learning to fill your attention up with now. And now, over time, becomes enough. You're so filled up with now There's no space within you to enter and entertain uh, lack and limitation and wrongness. So you're no longer drifting into, uh, you know, it was better then or I wish it was different and I'll I'll be happy uh, when I get someplace in the future. So contentment is a massive benefit uh, of meditation. But confidence, yeah. You know, a lot of people are relying on the voice in their heads to tell them how confident they are. They're relying on the voice in their head to tell them how good enough they are, how worthy they are, how lovable they are. They are listening to the voice in their head way too much when it comes to worrying about what other people might think about them. And all of these things can impact confidence. And when you no longer engage in that uh, dynamic uh, with thought, thinking, uh, and letting it talk you out of your self-esteem, your lovability, your enoughness. So confidence is a massive uh, underrated uh, benefit of of meditation. We can also have more loving relationships because we're less judgmental. We're more present. um, We're more kind and understanding. Uh, We we cultivate more compassion. And uh, we also experience more oneness with ourself. And a lot of the relationship conflict comes from a disconnection with ourself and this attachment to trying to find ourselves in someone else. And so as we discover this inner uh, self, that is, which is a, a sense of being, a presence of being, and that being is very much love, it's unconditional, it's ever-present, and it's all-embracing. Um, naturally, as we heal a relationship with ourselves, we heal a relationship with other people. It's a natural benefit, a natural byproduct. We get to live in the present moment. So you want to use meditation if you want to live more in the present moment. If you know that you're a bit of a thinker and a dweller and a future projector, and you, you know you don't spend as much time as you could in the present moment, then the right kinds of meditation will help you to attune your attention back to the present moment. It'll help us to strengthen our attention muscle so that we're not that, that our attention can remain here gently without effort uh, and not be grabbed by anything that might pass through our mind or our our moment. So it's a very very powerful uh, benefit. Uh, this being present. Talking of which, we can eradicate excessive thinking. So if you know that you uh, are a bit of an overthinker and you're feeling your thinking a lot of your day and you want to um, learn to think less then meditation is definitely for you. You can also perform at your best, or you can at least perform a lot better. Uh, I don't know what even best means, but uh, you can perform much better because you're more focused, uh, more patient, persistent, uh, creative, intuitive. Oh, the list the list goes on. Uh, and there's a lot, of less, a lot less uh, engagement and identification in this inner voice that can be distra- distracting you. Uh, from things. I remember when I was doing a meditation course once, 
I was asked to memorize uh, a little book. Yeah, it had a lot of words in it, and I had to memorize it uh, ver- verbatim and say it back, you know, to to someone verbatim. And I I had dyslexia. I had so many uh, limiting thoughts that came up for me when presenting with that task. It was a real incredible uh, gift that I was given with with that challenge, because what I saw was if if I was just focused on the word that I was remembering, I could do it. But as I was doing it, as I was trying to remember it or memorize it, I would see my mind want to go into the past, want to go into the future, want to jump ahead, want to start talking to me, saying, I can't do this. This is impossible. I've got this, that, and the next thing. I, I, I was terrible at English class. And all that stuff impacts our performance at whatever we're doing. I'm just using a little analogy, that little story, that little example. But really, when you learn to attune your attention back to the present moment and the presence within you, and you're not distracted by all this moon in the mind, there's more quietness and calm for you to be able to hear your creativity and intuition and wisdom. Performance naturally arises. And ultimately, you want to meditate if you uh, recognize that you've been stressing, struggling, or suffering. Uh, suffering. And... Um, you know, Buddha said, no mind, no problem. And a lot of the suffering that we experience comes from identification in mind. And meditation helps us to be less identified in the movement of the mind and use the mind as a tool, but not be used by the mind like a tool. Okay? So that's when you would want to meditate. Does that sound good, guys? Is that a nice reminder? Hopefully, it might be a good uh, motivation of, yes. I've been reminded as to why I want to do this, and I'm so excited to to start doing this again. When not to meditate. We don't often hear about this sort of conversation, but it's really uh, important. Um, You don't want to meditate if you are clinically depressed. If you're officially clinically depressed, uh, studies have found, or not many studies, because there's not many studies being done on this, but studies have been found, that meditation, while clinically depressed, can result in intensification of feelings of despondency, hopelessness, despair, and negativity in general. Okay? So if you are know that you're clinically depressed, I would not, at that moment in your journey, be turning to meditation. It can intensify things for you. And you may want to instead turn to more classical things like counseling, therapy, and that sort of thing at that exact moment in your journey and then move into meditation when uh, you aren't dealing with clinical depression. I would also not recommend meditating if you're feeling super anxious, okay? If you're feeling super anxious. Meditation offers space and time to be with ourselves. And if you're feeling really anxious, that can be a really uncomfortable experience for you. <laughs> it can be really uncomfortable. You're basically you got all this energy churning. You're, you're feeling really intense. Your palms are sweating. Your heart's, heart's going or whatever your particular uh, manifestation and symptoms of, of anxiety might be. Uh, and you're being told just to sit still and, and, and be with it. That can be really tricky at that point in your journey. Okay. I wouldn't put myself through that suffering of just trying to sit for 20 minutes, like just with nothing but these intense energies and emotions. I would actually personally recommend you do things to help to re-regulate your nervous system, 
and bring that in, intense anxiety uh, down uh, to, to a more comfor- comfortable level, a level that you're actually able to sit uh, with and learn to find peace with. Does that, does that seem like a reasonable thing? Uh, I've seen too many times people with, with, with severe anxiety being told to go away, shut their eyes and meditate through it. And that's actually very violent uh, uh, for, for the individual and it can cause more harm than good. What other time, what, when else should you not maybe not meditate? If you've got serious life events going on. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, when I was researching this, um, one person gave the example of how um, they were going on a 10-day Vipassana retreat where they had to sit in silence for many hours a day. And just a couple of days before they went on that retreat, uh, their relationship broke down. They had a relationship breakup. And they decided, well, no, I'm going to go on the retreat to make myself feel better from the relationship. But actually, it was too soon. It was too too recent, too kind of personal. And, and he basically sat in suffering for, for several hours a day for, for, for 10 days. And, and it was not uh, good for him. It was not what he needed at that moment in time. At that moment in time, he probably, instead of a 10-day Vipassana retreat, he probably needed the company of a good friend. He probably needed a hug or he probably needed to talk to his therapist or something at that point, but not just going and sitting uh, still and quiet with your eyes closed when you've got this major thing on your mind, major thing that might be happening in your life. Um, that, again, can be very challenging. Now, some people might be able to do it. Some people who have been meditating for many years, who have got a really strong experience of stillness, maybe, who can surrender uh, through it, maybe they might be able to. I'm not saying you should never meditate if you have an, a, a bad event happen in your life. I'm not saying that. But ho- I'm, I'm wanting to plant the seed to tell you that sometimes different tools for different times, okay? Different tools for different times. We've got thumb, thumbs up. Do you understand why we're covering this? Okay. And the fourth reason I want to share with you, or the fourth uh, time when you really might not want to be meditating, is if you have significant unresolved past trauma. Okay. This is because it's absolutely proven that when you're meditating, it's possible for you to remember suppressed negative memories, okay, which can be hard to handle on your own, all right? So if you absolutely know I have got significant past trauma that I've not worked on uh, yet, then I would be saying maybe don't jump into meditation. I would say jump more into working uh, with, with professionals uh, to help you to clear that trauma. And from that, once you've done that, then I would absolutely uh, wholeheartedly recommend uh, meditation. But I wouldn't want you to be on your own at home, uh, meditating for long hours and have have stuff that, you know, is overwhelming, uh, that, that's been maybe suppressed and stuff uh, arise up. I, I would want to um, protect you from that uh, possibility. So, If you want to meditate and you might have stuff in the past, at least be meditating alongside working with a, a, a therapist or something, something who so you can call upon them if anything does arise. Make sure you've got the support network around you so that if anything does come up, you can pick up the phone, you can have a, a call, you can have a, a Zoom call or you can have a meeting one to one in person. Have the, the support network ready if anything did, does come up. Is, is that clear, guys? Um, 
really, really important. So we, we, does that make sense? You, do you understand why it's important to have this conversation about when not to meditate? Because um, it can lead to a lot of harm uh, and more harm than good, should I say. Uh, and it can, it can put people off meditation for life if they have uh, negative experiences in the early days. Um, and it can lead to a lot of self-violence and more negative self-criticism because they think they should be feeling better than this. I've been meditating and it's not working or I'm not doing it right. And it can lead to a lot of self-violence at that moment in time. So I wouldn't want you to go uh, through that. Now, I, we are going to have a very uh, upbeat, optimistic conversation about meditation, but I also, whilst we're on the subject of when not to meditate, I did want to mention some of the negative side effects of meditation. <laughs> Is this okay? Um, Kirsten said, I'm so grateful you're talking about this. Yes, important information. Helen says, okay, cool. Thank you. Um, now, there's not a lot of studies on this. It's not in vogue. Uh, and, and even with the studies that have been done, it's, it's low percentages of people um, that do experience these adverse reactions. And there's also um, a, a, usually a, a background context as to why these people are having these certain reactions. But I want to highlight that um, the, of the, the most common like eight or so uh, potential negative side effects. Um, and I share this because you might want to look out for it. Make sure you're not... Uh, um, meditating in a way that you, you could actually be experiencing this. So meditation can sometimes, and we're talking usually under 10%, okay, people, uh, can sometimes create a dysregulated arousal. And what that means is energy problems, disrupted sleep and wake cycles. Okay, so for some people, although meditation can really help with sleep, a limited number of people can actually find that it impacts their sleep. Some people can experience anxiety as a result of meditating. How bizarre is that? I think it's to do with um, what we mentioned earlier about suppressed things, uh, maybe coming up for resolution, coming up for healing. They can be, we can discover them. And uh, if we don't have the resources or the support to, to deal with it in the moment, then it can uh, create some anxiety. Also remember that um, when we are starting to relax, the body releases stress and that can be quite it can be a flood of, of stress and that can be experienced as, you know, uh, anxiety. Some people can experience these signs of disassociation. Um, they, stop, they stop being so associated with reality, they actually start kind of floating into the clouds and becoming a bit too, uh, a bit too spiritual, a bit too woke, <laughs> a bit too out there. Uh, and um, some people can experience emotional blunting which is basically is they can start to feel emotionless. Now that, yeah, ungrounded. Thanks, Heather. Um, some people can experience emotional blunting, emotionless. Now that can either come through uh, being in freeze um, or um, maybe other reasons that I'm not aware of. But uh, one of the things that in a couple of studies they've listed is emotional uh, blunting. Some people can experience flashbacks, which we mentioned before. Um, they can have compromised cognitive dysfunction. So they can actually start having problems making decisions. They get memory lapses, cognitive impairments. Uh, so that's, that's quite interesting. And, and I, I've seen that. I've seen people that have done long, long, long hours of meditation starting to not be able to remember things. And in that uh, group and community, they would actually 
play it off as, oh, I'm just so present, I can't remember anything. But actually, now that I look back with this understanding, these people were doing 10, 12 hours of meditation a day, and I think they were actually experiencing uh, compromised executive dysfunction. Uh, yeah. Cognitive impairment, basically, memory loss. Um, there can be some uh, with social withdrawalment um, with uh, meditation. Uh, we can kind of lose our, our social skills, our desire to interact with others. We can kind of run away into our cave and not want our peace to be disrupted by anyone, and we can start to withdraw uh, from society. And there can also be perceptual, hy- perceptual hypersensitivity. Now, on one hand, that can be experienced as ex- you know, our, our senses being heightened, uh, things becoming more beautiful and bright and tastier. And so there can be a hypersensitivity from that way. But also that ticking clock can drive you, drive, start driving you mad or <laughs> sounds become more intense or uh, sensations and things like that. So there can be a hypersensitivity. Now, if you are ever experiencing these, um, what, what do you do about it? Well, first of all, I want you to know that they're not new. These side effects have been written about in very, very old texts. Um, there's uh, a, some Buddhist textual sources that are hundreds and hundreds of years old that list uh, these, these possible uh, side effects. So it's not a new thing. It's just not discussed much. Uh, because the market value of mindfulness and meditation uh, makes it kind of inconvenient to ever mention this when you're, you know, tell, telling people about you know meditation. And I'm not wanting, I don't want to play a part in that if, if that's happening uh, out there. Um, so what they've, what the researchers have looked at is if people are experiencing these sort of side effects, what are the common factors that tend to be running? And the first common factor is duration. Of meditation. Now, I've always been an advocate of quality over quantity. Okay. Um, yes, when I was training to be a meditation teacher, um, I was encouraged to meditate as much as possible. I wouldn't run a retreat that way with what I know now. Um, I would focus more on quality, not quantity. That's why in my personal practice in the day, I'm doing, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a couple of times a day as opposed to, you know, hours and hours and hours. Uh, I find that much more sustainable, much more healthy. Um, so duration has been a factor. Um, so we're talking like where people have been on retreats where they're asked to meditate for 12 to 15 hours a day, then these can be, um, they, they often result in people feeding back. Uh, they can, they, they, they can feed back these negative side effects, okay? So if you ain't meditating for 12 to 15 hours a day, you're probably going to be okay, <laughs> um, but uh, keep in mind the times when you shouldn't be meditating as well in, in the context of this conversation. Uh, another reason for it uh, can be a lack of guidance, just a simple lack of guidance. Um, when uh, the, lady who, uh, the lady who, one of the ladies at researchers called Britton, uh, presented her research to the Dalai Lama about this in 2012, he suggested the harm could be brought on by meditation due to a lack of fuller knowledge and understanding of the fuller picture. So in other words, um, a lack of uh, greater understanding of, of what meditation can do 
a lack of guidance along the way from people that are more experienced. And also be careful if you're uh, experiencing these, te- these sorts of symptoms, you know, choose your teacher wisely as to who you talk to. Because I know a lot of teachers that would just tell you to meditate through it. Um, they wouldn't necessarily understand. They might even belittle, subtly belittle you for having these experiences. And uh, just say, it's, that it might just explain, oh, it's just the mind or it's just stress release. And although they, they might be at some level of development true, at some level of, of a person's journey, uh, it might be true, depending on the per- where a person's at, they might not just need to be told to meditate through it. Um, they might actually need to be recommended to meditate less. They might re- need to work with a therapist to clear uh, the traumas or have more peace with what's going on in their life or clear the clinical depression, the anxiety or whatever might, the factors might be going on for them. So choose to talk to someone who's going to take you seriously, who's, gonna re- who's not going to gaslight you or anything and um, get, 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 get guidance from, just choose wisely when it comes to who you get guidance from. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, is that clear? Do you know why? I'm, does that make sense? Why we're, why we're sharing that? So, is this what you expected me to be covering when I said we're going to do meditation? Probably, maybe not, but hopefully you're finding it interesting. Um, has anyone decided that they're going to quit meditating at this point in the process? I'm kind of. <laughs> I hope um, if you're unsure whether you should meditate, you're very welcome to reach out and have a conversation uh, with me, or talk to someone who's who understands this and can give you some genuine uh, feedback. Uh, I'm not here to put anyone off meditating. I'm here to have a mature conversation about it and not just try to present it as the be-all, fix-all for absolutely everything. And you should be able to use it anytime, irrespective of your emotional climate, your mental health, or what's going on in your life or what's happened in your past. I, I, I think we need to be a bit more careful when it comes to um, recommending meditation, I want to do my due diligence uh, with that. So with this all in mind, why do you want to meditate? Why do you want to meditate? I'll, I'll, have a, I'll see if I, if I can answer that, Heather, in a, in a minute. Um, why would, do you want to meditate? With, with all that in mind, with the benefits and the uh, disclaimer aside, uh, please let me know. Uh, what would you, your reason be for wanting to uh, continue, start or continue uh, a meditation practice? And I'd love for you guys that are watching just to let me know in, in the chat box. Um, the common question I'd ask for this would be that if you had a magic wand and you could have one thing, what would you wish for? Uh, so what would you wish for uh, by um, having a meditation uh, routine? Uh, we've got Moira saying to be calmer. Um, Andrew, to be present more and less controlled uh, by my mind. Cool response. Uh, Kirsten, uh, to, know the, to know that peace is available. Lovely. Suji, for a peaceful, calmer, more spiritual life. Lovely. Uh, Ilka, to see my thoughts. Uh, to be able to choose peace in any given moment, Catherine says. Lovely. Sandy Day, to maintain more uh, more balanced life or more life balance. Lovely. Peace, always peace, Maria says. Uh, freedom from overthinking and contentment, Antonia. Uh, freedom and calm, not attaching, not attaching to mind thoughts, Helen has responded. Uh, to not get stressed so easily, Natalia says. So these are all very valid, brilliant, beautiful reasons 
uh, to meditate. And I encourage you to remember your answer to this question because we want to return to our heart's highest hope, our, our, our motivation to meditate. In, we want to return to it regularly and remind ourselves of it often so that we can maintain our commitment and motivation uh, to meditation. So it's really useful for you to remember that. There's going to be times when you don't feel like meditating. You feel it's a, an inconvenience or a distraction or uh, you might feel like you, you just don't feel like doing it today. Uh, or whatever, and it's really important to keep in mind your number one uh, reason uh, for meditating. But I'm going to, again, go off piece a little bit as to what you might expect. I'm going to tell you four, re, um, four intentions that I do not recommend you use for meditation. Does that make sense? Or said differently, I urge you not to use meditation for the following reasons or the, for, the, for the following intentions, okay? And this is from personal observation of a lot of people that meditate, a lot of people that meditate a lot. And uh, I've seen this time and time again, and I really urge you not to use meditation for these following reasons. Number one, to hide or avoid. Please do not use meditation um, to enter your spiritual cave and use meditation as a means to avoid life. Um, we don't. We actually the, the purpose of meditation is the is the exact opposite. The actual purpose of meditation is to learn how to completely meet all of reality, to completely engage all of yourself. Your humanness, your your thoughts, your emotions, your whatever's going on in your body, your life circumstances. It's the polar opposite to hide or avoid, but I've seen so many use it to um, find their spiritual cave and, and not come out and play with the rest of us in, in the real world. Number two, do not use meditation to deny anything difficult. Okay? I've seen a lot of people use meditation to deny uh, or ignore the darker, more difficult side of life, um, where people say there is no bad, there is no evil in the world. They're just like completely, they're unwilling to go there. Um, they ignore what's going on. They use meditation to kind of go, la, 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 la. Yes, everything's okay. <laughs> Fingers in the ears. Um, and they do that. And when you're, when you're trying to ignore you're actually denying reality. It, it comes from fear, a fear to face uh, or be honest with yourself. I please urge you to not use meditation to become passive or inactive. Okay? Some meditate when life, some meditate when life is actually requiring their time, attention, and action, and they'll choose to uh, meditate instead when life is very clearly saying actually I need some time and attention and action from you right now um, they believe they just have to stay still and then God or the universe will take care of their money relationship or career issue um, I'm sorry but I haven't yet seen their career or money issue solved from the couch uh, with them sitting doing absolutely nothing with their eyes closed there's there's a there's a uh We've got to meet the universe halfway. 
I do believe we're a co-create. It's a co-creation experience. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I see a lot of people becoming very passive and inactive, uh, and they use a lot of the meditation and spiritual concepts in order to um, not take care of business, and then they wonder why they're broke, wonder why they're they're kind of trying to use meditation to avoid depression because they're lacking purpose in their life and things like that. Um, that make sense, guys? They believe like, everything comes to them. They just have to stay still and and God will fix this for them. Um, so do not use meditation as a way to become passive or inactive. And finally, um, I would highly urge you not to, oh, no, actually there's two more, sorry. I missed one along the way. Do not use meditation to suppress feelings or avoid certain feelings. Um, they, you know, a lot of people use meditation and start trying to use it in, to avoid anything that isn't peace, their idea of peace. Uh, and they will actually use meditation to uh, suppress the, the emotions. And these emotions arising up have a lot of wisdom within them. They are arising up for a reason. And if we push them down, we lose a lot of wisdom in life. Um, so we need to not do that. And number five, avoid a responsibility. Do, do, do not use meditation as a means to avoid responsibility to the point of being unaccountable for anything. When I was talking to Christina about this, she gave me these kind of examples of how she's heard people say, I don't need to change or I don't need to fix the, the mini me. You know, the mini me doesn't, it doesn't, need, doesn't need to be fixed, changed, or improved or anything. I just need to be the big me and everything else, everything will be fine. Um, that's not taking responsibility for what's necessarily going on, on for you. And that is not what we do meditation for. We do not, we actually, it's quite the opposite. We have the courage to use meditation to learn how to take responsibility, not in a self-violent way, but to recognize whatever's at my door, it's, up, it's, it's an invitation for me to do something about. <laughs> you know, We use meditation to be more open to feedback, to be more open to reflection, to, to not uh, push away when life comes to you and says, hey, you might want to be gentler, kinder, uh, more patient or whatever. We, we use what we learn through meditation to actually learn how to be more willing to receive guidance from everyone and all things and everything is that clear guys so we don't use meditation to avoid responsibility or to become passive or inactive or to suppress our feelings or to deny anything difficult or to hide and avoid life actually if you really want to learn uh, how to live fully and completely then meditation is a great tool to do the exact opposite of the very things that many people actually use meditation for is that okay guys are we good? Is that clear? Makes sense? Um, I'm trying to have a more honest, mature conversation about meditation today uh, so that you can avoid the common pitfalls of what people fall into. And I hope you find this useful. I really hope that you find this useful. And if after listening to today's podcast, you want to work on any issues raised during today's episode, then head over to my website, minddetox.com to book some one-on-one sessions with me.